The Battle of Alberta is decided in overtime, and the home team keeps winning in the Rangers-Hurricane Series. We've got all the exciting playoff action, including this weekend's big games, all coming up on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin. Pleasure to be joined, as I am every Friday, by Rachel Donner. Rachel, happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Man, I know we keep saying this every week during the playoffs, but I get on the show when we record Friday morning, and I am just, like, completely exhausted from the hockey (laughs) from the night before. Such good games, though, on both counts. Absolutely. Fantastic hockey, and we're going to get to all of that in just a minute. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And yes, that does include YouTube. So you could check us out there and subscribe to get all the latest podcasts as soon as they are released. Two games last night. And I tell you, they were both such quality hockey games. It was great to watch. And I got to give a lot of credit. Well, let's start with the Carolina Rangers series. Uh, Boy, did the Hurricanes shut down a very fast, very skilled Rangers attack. Yeah, you mentioned the home ice advantage in this series, and it is definitely coming to fruition because after games three and four, I really felt the Rangers were playing much better hockey overall. They were kind of at the peak of their game and weren't just depending on Shesterkin to carry them through. They had a more complete game, but sure enough, game five, Carolina turns it around. And I think just really managed to shut down the Rangers in return. And I think it was just a good complete game for, for Carolina overall. Uh, I think especially it was good for them to get a power play goal, which they had been struggling on a little bit. So you know, hats off to Carolina on on that game in game five. Yeah, I mean, they held the Rangers to just 17 shots on goal. Artemi Panarin, no shots. Chris Kreider, no shots. Mika Zibinijad, two shots. You take the, the big three, hold them to two shots on goal. That's a pretty good recipe to win a hockey game. Yeah, and I'm not going to put this all on Adam Fox because I think overall he actually did okay, but he got smoked by Svechnikov on on that breakaway (laughs) goal, and I was just like, oh no, he's going to be thinking about that one for a while now. It was a pretty goal, though. I mean, it It was, was, was. uh, you know, highlight reel kind of goal, and you know, I, I had to start talking about the defense by Carolina because it was so effective, but that goal was just something special. And, uh, you know, one of those things you could watch again and again and just like, how do you do that? That was just, uh, it was an impressive play. And, you know, Carolina, they have not lost a home playoff game all year this year. Uh, 
it's going to be tough for the Rangers to beat them in this series based on the way, the fact that, you know, Carolina has home ice. Yeah, I think that for me, I really thought Carolina was the much stronger team and that the Rangers just weren't going to be able to carry themselves through this series to get it to seven games. But I don't know. I mean, the way it's been going with the home ice advantage, I would not be shocked if the Rangers won game six uh, and took it to game seven. But you're right. I think Carolina is just on a mission this year in a way that it feels different. And maybe I said this last time around for them, <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I feel like they've sort of been the bridesmaid in the East for, for a while now. And especially with Tampa winning the last two cups. And uh, I, I just, I think that Carolina if they can't win out this series, that is just going to be a dagger for this team. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also got to give credit to auntie Ranta because he is, he is stepping up, uh, you know, not expected to be the starting goalie. And and here he is getting the job done uh, so far through one and two thirds rounds of the playoffs. And uh, the team doesn't seem to be missing a beat because he's in goal. Yeah, and I do want to point out from game five, he only faced 17 shots, which is great defensively for the Canes overall. But when you don't face that much action in a playoff game to still be solid in net, I think that's an important thing for Ranta as well. Takes a lot of concentration because you're in playoff mode. It's intense. You know you can't afford, especially last night, a low scoring game. You can't afford to make that mistake and let in that softy and yet you got to stay sharp while the puck is down the other end of the ice 75 percent of the time so it's a different skill set uh sort of you know some goalies thrive on facing 35 40 45 shots a night and some goalies uh i remember ken dryden from the canadians dynasties in the late 70s he'd face 17 18 20 shots and turn them you know aside with with a ease whereas other goalies were just getting bombarded and they came up big under those circumstances but credit to auntie uh auntie ranta for getting the job done and having carolina now one win away from advancing to the conference final so that was you know sort of a, a very good very well played and exciting game and then it just gets even more exciting in my opinion with the the later game last night as the battle of alberta comes to a close the edmonton oilers go to overtime and end up winning beating the calgary flames in calgary final score five to four and who else gets the goal connor mcdavid assisted by Leon Dreisaitl, and this dynamic duo has been unbelievably good for the Edmonton Oilers. They have, uh, between the two of them, they had 29 points in the five games of this series, (laughs) which is just tremendous. I mean, we did have that game one where it was nine to six, so there were a lot of points overall. But still, the Oilers scored four or more goals in every game this series and and that's what it takes to win right i mean 
I think that in the past, there's been this thing where the entirety of the Oilers' fate was on the shoulders of, of Connor McDavid. And Drysaddle's there. He's always been good, but it feels like all of the pressure was on McDavid. And even in this game where maybe during the um, regular time of the game, he wasn't especially good. I would say, but at the same time, he stepped up in overtime. And I think it's so good for hockey that he is really coming into his own in this series in particular, where I think a lot of people pick the Flames, myself included. I thought the Flames would win in seven that, you know, with this team and the Oilers, there's been this history of disappointment. And this just feels different for this team. And McDavid, I think his play feels different that he can carry this team in a way that he hasn't before. Yeah, he's taken it to another level, and that's important. And then, you know, you mentioned that they scored so many goals in this series, four goals or more in every game. The Flames are a darn good defensive team. Jacob Markstrom, one of the better goalies in, in the Western Conference, if not the league. It's, you know, to do it, to, to be that consistently explosive offensive is, uh, is one thing. But to be explosive offensively against a quality opponent with a great goalie, you know, that that is just impressive. Yeah, and I think the the difference is Markstrom maybe wasn't at his best in this series overall, clearly with all the goals that happened. <laughs> but I, I also think that Edmonton's top line stepped up in a way that Calgary's did not. And if you look at Calgary's roster, they 100% have more depth than the mm-hmm. Oilers do. But when your top line doesn't step up in a way that allows that balance to work, then you're just not going to win the games in the end. And I think that's what happened here. Yeah. I mean, the old, the old cliche in hockey is your best players have to be your best players. And Mm -hmm. maybe Calgary's best players were not their best players. Whereas with Edmonton, they were, and then got to mention, you know, Zach Hyman last night, a goal, two assists mm-hmm. and a plus four, seven shots on goal. You know, it, it ended up being Edmonton who was, who was getting a, more contributions, you know, and getting the job done. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that, you know, when you make some changes and adjustments to face a team like Calgary, it gives opportunities to guys like Hyman, to your point, to really – take advantage um he was up on that top line for a little bit of the game and, and i think that made a huge difference uh, i do want to mention the controversial no goal yes i was just about to ask you yeah. about that. <laughs> you know it's so tough because especially with calgary being at home for that game and i, I think that it should have counted just because it was definitely a redirection. In my opinion, he was in motion, but he didn't kick. He was just, you know, sliding on the ice. Cause it's ice. That's what you do. You slide. <laughs> but uh, I really think it should have counted, but I understand it was kind of on that line. So. It was. And I also thought it should have counted when I was watching it. I, I didn't see a distinct kicking motion no. as the rule uh, goes, but I heard this little voice in the back of my head that said the war room is not going to want that to be the game winning goal because of the <laughs> controversy. I just, 
I just sort of had that feeling. And you are not wrong. The the NHL conspiracy theories are alive and well. At and I'm the last time. guy to start conspiracy <laughs> theories. Uh, I mean, how long have we been doing this show? I don't go that way. But I, I just, this little voice in my head said, the league is not going to want the series to be decided with that kind of controversy. Now, by overturning it, you create a different kind of controversy. But uh Say what you want. It made for an exciting overtime. I mean, it did. But, but if I'm a Flames fan, I, I am certainly uh, not happy about that. We have got a lot more to get to on this show. We've got the uh, world championships to discuss. And of course, we have an exciting weekend of hockey coming up. And we'll break that down. Plus a, a major injury uh, to discuss uh, a player that's going to miss the start of the season. But first, Rachel, uh, you wanted to talk about Athletic Greens. Yeah, I started using Athletic Greens recently because I wanted better health, more energy, an optimized immune system. And I'm not really a pill or vitamin person. I wanted something that also really tasted great. And with one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, but you get better recovery, focus, and helps with aging, which I could use, honestly. It gives you all of those things, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a daily cold brew habit. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto or paleo, you're vegan, uh, you eat dairy free or gluten free. Athletic Greens contain less than a gram of sugar. They've got no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, but it still tastes phenomenal. Athletic Greens supports better sweet sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's talk a little bit about the series that have ended. We we know some teams that are going to be in the conference final in addition to Edmonton. And I, I've got to say, I was surprised, not that Tampa Bay won the series, but that they swept the series. I expected more from the Florida Panthers. I did too. And, and I picked... Tampa to win the series, but I thought it would go a full seven games that I thought that after that series against Washington, Florida definitely looked a little shaky there, but that they would use that as a learning opportunity and take that forward, look at what they do well and kind of get it together against the lightning, especially because of the rivalry between those two teams. I thought it was just going to be a really intense battle, but Man, the Lightning are just finding ways to win in the most incredible ways. And it's frustrating because I'm not a person that likes repeat winners. I like different Stanley Cup winners every year. But, man, if they do it, I, I, 
it's such a remarkable thing that they're doing right now. Hasn't happened since the Islanders won three straight in 80, 81, and 82. They, of course, won a fourth in 83, but it's been a long time since anyone has three-peated in the NHL. And Tampa Bay just seems to have the ability to, to raise their game in the playoffs. And this year, they're doing it without manipulating the salary cap. So that's even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My question right now for the Florida Panthers, now that, you know, they went from the president's trophy to being swept in this round, like, what do they, what do they do now? You know, yeah. and, and will they re-up Andrew Burnett? Yeah, that's a, a, a big question. I, I would think they would, but, uh, you know, the playoff disappointment is, is lingering in everybody's uh, mind. And that is always uh, an issue. Plus, you know, they're not going to re-sign Claude Giroux, I wouldn't think. They've sacrificed a lot of their draft capital. And, and you know, this this was a team that was built to win now. And since they didn't win, where do they go? Uh, you know, and, and well, why don't you, why don't you, you were about to say something about Giroux. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he'll end up next season. I, I think it's a big question because, again, they're going to have to, manage a really top flight roster and figure out what to do within the cap for next season. And, you know, you, you would think that if Drew wanted to stay, they would give him an opportunity to, but they're going to have to negotiate. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what's in his head right now, but uh, it will be definitely one of the bigger free agent stories to watch this off season. Got to ask you this. Any chance he returns to Philadelphia? I don't think so. There's okay. 1% if that. I think that, you know, at the time when he did get traded, the emotions are still there and you want to think maybe he'll come back. But the Flyers are in no way, shape or form close to winning a championship right now and won't be for a couple of years. And there's just no good incentive, honestly, for him to come back. You know, I, I I think that makes sense. And look, it, 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 he is going to be one of the bigger free agent names out there this summer. And, and it'll certainly be something that everybody will be keeping their eyes on. And, you know, the Florida Panthers, like we said, there's kind of at a crossroads. And, uh, you know, if you're the Panthers, do you double down and try to you know, say, hey, we have another year of this window? Or do you start to think about rebuilding this team. I mean, I think you double down personally, just yeah. because this was the kind of playoff experience they needed in order to maybe take that next step next season. I don't know if they have more than one season left in them that they can figure out a way to win. But I do think that there's a lot they can take away from what they accomplished this year and bring that forward. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I would also say that, you know, they need to try to double down and get squeeze one more season out of the core of this group. But uh, very disappointing end to what was a very good regular season for the Florida Panthers. And now they are going home. We mentioned earlier uh, a major injury and uh, the Washington Capitals have announced that Tom Wilson uh, had to undergo knee surgery to repair a torn ACL. He is expected to miss between six and eight months. 
So we're talking about November, December, maybe even into January as far as Wilson's return. How does this affect the Caps? I mean, it's huge, especially because they have been, well, it feels like they've been in the dying years of this core for several years <laughs> now, and they've been finding ways to make the playoffs and continue winning. But Tom Wilson has been a huge part of that. And for me, it's one of those things where if he's out for the first couple of months of the season, is that going to make a difference in terms of points gained early in the season to you know rack it up so that they're under less pressure the later they go in the season uh, in terms of maintaining a, a playoff spot yeah and you know the you got to figure the capitals are not one of the younger teams in the league it's at least their core players aren't and so a slow start that could really hamper a veteran team like the capitals so we have to see. And, and Wilson, I have to say, has really sort of found another level as far as, you know, what he's accomplished. You know, he, he started off with a, a reputation as a very physical player who sometimes crossed that line according to opponents. But, you know, if he was on your team, you loved him. But now he's become a quality goal scorer in addition to the physicality he adds. Yeah, I almost would want to see him on another team that maybe got a mix of some more younger players that are higher quality and see what he could do. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing to see. And, uh, you know, maybe we will see it at some point. But right now we know we're not going to see him until November at the earliest and maybe even until January. So a blow there for the Washington Capitals. We are going to preview the world championships plus discuss this weekend's games but first want to talk to you about our partners at bet online bet online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs the stanley cup playoffs major league baseball scores fights and even next season's nfl futures Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, World Championships. We're up to the semifinals this weekend, and both the United States and Canada are still alive. Uh, the USA will face Finland uh, on Saturday, and then Canada will face the Czech Republic uh, four hours later. Your thoughts about this series so far and, and where the United States and Canada stand at this point? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we've had some later arrivals as uh, teams have been eliminated from the NHL playoffs. Uh, Jeremy Swayman has been playing really well in net for Team USA. Um, he, you know, was part of a shutout over Switzerland in the quarterfinals. So that's always good to see. And then, you know, you have some guys that are depth players in the NHL have heroic moments in these kind of tournaments, which I love. So Drake Batherson yep. uh, got a power play goal to give Canada a victory in overtime, which is, it's so fun for guys like that, right? It, it is. And, and then you got like 
for example, Matthew Barzal scored the tying goal late in the game and mm-hmm. set up Batherson's winning goal. So for Islander fans, you know, hey, we got something at least to to be happy about and to point to. And, you know, for fans of teams that are eliminated, some of their best players are over there in the world championships. It does give you a little something to, to, to root for and to think about. Of course, you also have to hope no injuries. That's always sort of the <laughs> side of these things. You, you, you don't want to see that. But any, any thoughts as to uh, your pick for who's going to win the tournament? You know, I don't know. I, my gut honestly says the final will be Finland, Canada, but stranger things have happened. Fair enough. I'm going with Canada to go all the way, but this is going to be an exciting semifinal. And, and it's been nice to see this tournament play out and and Finland has, you know, home ice advantage. So They they, they do have that. We have uh, some interesting games coming up this weekend, and uh, it's amazing how the schedule is sort of thinning out now. Uh, Tonight, Game 6, the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. Game 6 in St. Louis, and boy, the Blues came up big to keep that series alive, winning Game 5. Yeah, at no point in Game 5 did I think St. Louis was going to win that game until it actually happened. It was just an incredible, incredible effort by the Blues to come back in that one. And, you know, especially when McKinnon gets the hat trick and you just feel like it's predestined, that's what's going to happen. And suddenly the Blues have have won a game and we go back to St. Louis and you have to wonder, did that, you know, knock Colorado down a peg? Is their confidence waning a little bit and can the Blues take advantage of it? Yeah, that's the key. And, you know, you you always think when you're the team that does not have home ice advantage, you know, they're back home for game six. The crowd is going to be pumped after game five. You always sort of figure if we hold serve at home, game seven, anything can happen. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, the way the Blues have to be thinking. Obviously, they miss Bennington, but they are getting the job done and, and they played a very inspired game five to come back and win. And I didn't think they were going to do it either, but uh, they they are hanging around and, and maybe win, lose, or draw. I think the St. Louis Blues are earning respect around the league for the way they're handling this series. Absolutely. 100% agree. And I am very excited to see how this game six goes. Yeah. And, and the Avalanche, you know, they have to make sure that what happened in game five doesn't get in their heads. And, and you know, if they can pull off, uh, close out the series and not let it go to that seventh game. So, you know, and now we know the winner of that series gets the Edmonton Oilers, uh, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Adam's Oilers would be so good. Wouldn't it though? They have to get, <laughs> they have to get there first. So. They have to get there first. And I'll tell you this, Blues Oilers wouldn't be a slouch either by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe not as many marquee names <clears throat> if it goes that route. And then over in the East on Saturday, you know Madison Square Garden will be rocking as the Rangers try to stave off elimination and force a game seven home team has won every game in this series uh you sort of get the feeling we're headed for a game seven if it comes to that i agree i don't think it can go any other way at this point point. <laughs> and then sunday 
if necessary, <clears throat> excuse me, the Avalanche would host the Blues in Game 7 at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, game 7s are so much fun. I mean, just uh, if, if it comes to that, it would just be uh, something special. And And then, you know, again, if the Rangers manage to hold on, Monday would be Game 7 between the Rangers and the Hurricanes. But I'll tell you, here we are closing out round two, and it has been some incredible hockey so far. It really has. I mean, after all the game sevens in round one, it would be kind of a disappointment to get none in round two. So I'm yeah. hoping that Rangers Canes goes to game seven. I think of any of them, I, I think that's the one I want the most. So uh, give me the game seven Rangers Canes. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. Regardless, I think that round three is going to be some incredible hockey as well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This has been a great year for playoff hockey. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Rachel, always a pleasure. Looking forward to doing this with you again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.